Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. Support for the Winefellers comes in part from the award-winning Yesterday and Today Frame Shop, Framing yesterday's memories and today's treasures since 1974 and located in Boone Square in Hillsboro. All custom framing includes a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Find them on Facebook at yesterdayandtodayframeshop.com slash Facebook or call them at 919-732-9795. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by Hillsboro Yarn Shop. Voted best yarn shop by our Hillsboro Yarn Shop employees. Have a cup of herbal tea and knit with us at Hillsboro Yarn Shop. Your business name here. Proudly serving Hillsboro since site year here. Your business name here. And Cody's Laboratory Animals. Just say Winefellers and receive 10% off your next order of live hamsters and rabbits. Test with the best using Cody's Laboratory Animals. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of Truebottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together... We are the Wine Fellers! Wine Fellers, we got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got canned from the factory. episode of the wine fellers ever we will learn the top gifts you should have purchased your mother for mother's day listen as the wine fellers take a virtual trip around the world and learn something new about mother's day gifts and traditions but that's during the second part of our show during the first half we will open some wine get into the wine news and then it's time for flow nose just in case you've been self-absorbed, deep in thought, or out of the loop, Flo happens to be our favorite French delicacy who knows just about everything about everything. So stay tuned to get some knowledge bombs dropped on ya. All this and some more ill-considered Winefeller song exclusives right here on a chunky yet moist episode of the wine fellers but first what are we drinking today mark hey joe hey mark how's it going 
It's going great. Yeah, it's great to see you. That's fantastic to see you. It's uh, chunky yet moist. This will all make sense to you. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> and I say that because it really won't. But, <laughs> but we have a wonderful wine pairing. But actually, we have a wonderful show. This is probably going to be our best show ever. It's, I've said that before, but this is really going to be our best show you ever. You have not said that in a while. I know, but this time. Uh, now I'm excited. Oh, yeah, you should the be. chunky got and moist. so much coming on. We have Flow Nose is coming on. We've got the Mother's Day segment. Uh, we have some incredible wine news. But right now we have a wine pairing, and we're drinking a 2007 Juan Gil from Spain, which is 100% Monastrel grape, which is an unusual An grape. interesting grape. Yeah. Uh, it, these grapes tend to be kind of tannic, and uh, they're usually high in alcohol. The wines are uh, it's from the southeastern part of spain called hmm. shumia it's kind of a fruit bomb really uh it's pretty intense wine do you think it's pretty strong wine there flo i think uh flo's sitting yes there. absolutely when i had a sip i was very surprised at how strong it was but it's also a very very fruity and i was i was surprised i've never tasted this wine or this kind of wine before I have to agree with you, Flo. She's absolutely yeah. right. So yeah. if, if you're at home uh, playing along, please open up yours. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that you say that every time, Mark. Well? Open up your 2007 bottle. I feel bottle. like I need to give p- people permission to open up their bottle of wine. <laughs> it's not, and it's not a very expensive bottle. It's actually uh, fairly cheap. And so uh, it's, it's easily found. And But uh, if you've never had uh, wine of the Monastrel grape, it's time to try. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on? We have so much to talk about. Oh, uh, we do, Mark. Um, you know what's on my mind right now? What's that? It's uh, obviously uh, the week ahead of us. That's right. And you and I are doing something very special oh, this week. Oh, we are so excited because come Thursday and Friday, uh, yes, we are going to Moogfest. Yes! We're really excited. We got our press passes. Not We do. <laughs> I, I feel a little... Uh, scared, like someone's given me a little too much responsibility. I know someone gave us press pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's amusing. It's very fun. Now tell. Uh, I don't think Moogfest, uh, uh, Moogfest, I guess, takes place in Durham, North Carolina. It is once it a year. It has does. been for a few years now. But but what is it for our listeners who may be into wine? I mean, uh, but don't know too much about the festival. Let's start with this. It's uh, first and foremost like an electronic music festival. It's unusual. It's, it's for electronic music. Uh, in, and if you don't know yeah. what a Moog is, Moog is the original synthesizer. Moog is named after the man who started yes. the original synthesizer. From Asheville, I believe. Uh, yes, in the 1970s. Yep. And I own a an original multi-Moog synthesizer I've from 1978. I've seen it. Right next uh, to your Devo uh, hazmat uh, suit. That's right. And so it's, and you know, if you know about synthesizers, and uh, that was the one to have when when everything started nowadays you don't even need a synthesizer everything is done on a computer now they have music lots of music That's late right. into the night at different venues across durham uh, but they also have a lot of workshops a lot of discussion panels we si- we signed up for some <laughs> really interesting we, things we did i mean you know uh, the can one was like can you control music with the brain yeah control music with your mind that well, was that was a cool one interesting that was all the Great ones were taken. Yeah. They were full, full, A lot full. of them were full. Now, it didn't help that we waited until the day before to try and e- even log in and sign up for some of these So things. we did ask the event organizer <laughs> if we could uh, interview Michael Stipe because he's going to be there. <laughs> and uh, she said- from, uh, Like uh, uh, from REM. Yeah. And she said, uh, no, we, we could not. <laughs> so- uh, We, uh, Gautier was another well-known uh, uh, artist we, from- 
Uh, nope, can't, can't do him interview either. him either. But and we're asking <laughs> them this because they sent emails out months ago. Yeah, if you want to interview someone, let us get, know. Get it. Get your request in advance to us so we can line up some some times you can do that. But anyways, we're really excited about going. So I think it starts this Thursday, and if you want us to meet us down there, you probably won't see too much of us because we're going to be, you know, behind the scenes with the press. Pass. With our VIP. Well, not quite VIP. No, no. We actually, actually we're told that we don't have we have a press pass, but we don't have a VIP press pass because that uh, is for the better press. Now, now we are uh, <laughs> we. Are excited about this because we we write music on, uh, uh, on our on our own time, Mark. As we well. do. We use a lot of it in the show. We do. Right, and we use some of these uh, moogs and electronic sounds you're talking about to create a lot of our music. And we wrote a song. We'll be playing it here in a minute. Uh, that utilizes uh, some of these music writing skills. I don't know how many synthesizers are in it, but uh, this next song is called. Drew Barrymore. Yes, the, the reason why we named the song Drew Barrymore, and if you've been following the show, you know that we've have we've had kind of a love hate relationship with Drew Barrymore. We do appreciate that she's a she is America's sweetheart. She's America's sweetheart. She's a famous person. She's and she produces wine. She, she makes pro- her own wine. She owns her own winery. What was her? What's her winery called? <laughs> <sighs> See, Mark, this is why we we don't have her on the show. Probably not. I think it's called. <laughs> I like, can't recall. I think it's called like Barrymore. Uh, wine, oh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I don't know, but it, but she has her own wine that she, she uses in she, California. Yes, and she markets it, and she, you see her marketing it to other. You go to the you go to the homepage, and, and it, it's her face. She just on did, this. I know. Right? She, I mean, she, it, she just did an interview with wine enthusiast. So she right? does. Yeah, I just saw that. She wine does, enthusiast. She does, but interviews. not the wine fellow. She refuses to come on our show. Well, not refuses. They we don't haven't even gotten a response. Not even a response. Not even from her publicist. Not even from her publicist. So we so we that's why we have a love hate relationship with her. So we did decide to write a song about her. But you know, <laughs> and just you know, we're, we're we're just letting her know this is the first song, and we plan to write a song a week. <laughs> See, this is what happens until she comes when on the show. You, when you don't uh, respond to the Winefellers emails, That's things right. get serious. So don't go anywhere. This song's coming up right now with the wine news next. Like Garrett and Garrett In going 
culture's not my own I don't love anyone except for, of course, Canadians Our love is like true Barrymore Charming in 94, but not so much anymore Our love is like true To North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. week on the wine fellers news do you love french people french food french wine and french culture then it's about time for you to travel to china do you enjoy eating the leftovers of people you've never even met sounds like you should get a job as a waiter that right here on the news the news China is building a Disney World for wine. <laughs> Cheng Yu, China's winemaking powerhouse, is building French-style chateaus, Italian castles, cobbled courtyards, and basically an entire wine city to encourage the country's passion for the grape with a $90 million winemaking operation. Wow. It's going to be incredible. We'll have mirrors... <laughs> will encourage visitors to stick out their tongues to examine their taste buds. There's a statue of Bacchus, a wall that showcases uh, soil. Uh, that's right next to a giant smiling cartoon of a grape. <laughs> Is this for real? Oh, yeah. All wow. our news stories are, we are real. Yes, they are. Wine City is located on China's northeastern coast, just across the Yellow Sea from North Korea. Don't. <laughs> Say his name. <laughs> I'm just saying where it is, and it's set on more than 1,000 acres. <laughs> There's a. There'll be I a, forget. Do I hate you for saying the leader's name of North Korea or just North Korea? Oh, I think it's probably both. <laughs> but that's where the wine. That's where it's located. But it is a white. <laughs> well, everything is located within some direction of North Korea. Probably a white neo-Gothic structure that looks like the set of Monty Python. Uh, from the Holy Grail, it, <laughs> that will be there, and it comes complete with an artificial moat. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's it's going to be amazing. So well, we have to get ourselves to the Disney World of Wine in China. Wine City. Wine City. It's See, called. See, China is always doing stuff like this. They are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Have you not heard about this? No. There's like, um, there's a Power City, where it's a whole <laughs> city that just makes power, or another city is like, um. Uh, phone city 
They just make phones. And you just come and ride yeah, on the yeah, these are, phone No, no, these aren't. No, this is like, these are work cities, Mark. Oh, no. Yes, but these this is supposed to be an entertaining city. Right. That's what they've got, different cities for different purposes. They build entire cities that no one lives in. Yeah, I've heard of this. Isn't that, uh, <laughs> I guess they'll fill them up with the people flocking to Wine City. Well, it's going to have a swirling skyscraper. Uh, on a nearby hill, the building will house the Wine Research Institute, and it'll also this building will also <laughs> offer views of the countryside on days when pollution uh, from Beijing doesn't descend into a thick white smog. I just can't ta- it's, I can't take this seriously that it's an amusement park with a like a wine uh, study institute of technology. It's it's, a, it's like going to Epcot and expecting uh, you know. The same thing. It's an it's a wine amusement park, and I think it's great because wow. uh, because as of last year, you might not know this, that France uh, produces the most wine than anyone in the world, and number two now is China. Is that so? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Is it good wine? Mm, it's it's getting better. Wow, but it, it's not so great now, but it, they're learning. It's it's getting better. It All is. right, well, start planning your trip now, Mark. So when does this thing go live? Mm. Okay. Second story. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Food and Wine Magazine. Ooh. Have you ever wondered whether waiters ever eat the leftover three quarters of a basket of perfectly good fries, <laughs> the un- the untouched half a sandwich, or that half glass full of wine you've left behind? No, that's ridiculous. Well, they do. What? Yep, and it's actually more common than you think. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. You might not know this. Oh, wait, who's saying this? Food and Wine Magazine. Huh. Well, Trusted source. Right. You might not know this, but the unofficial rule is that servers should not do this. <laughs> Mostly because it looks bad when customers catch a waiter, say, dipping his spoon in a left-behind <laughs> bowl of soup. <laughs> They're always, like, encouraging them to be done with their meal before they are. And so they can take it right. back and finish it. <laughs> and then as you do that in front of the customer. <laughs> are you done with this? Good. Because I can have some. Uh, but more than yeah, half the gross. servers on, in Food and Wine magazine acknowledge they admitted to dabbling in this act. Well, yeah, but what's dabbling? In versus full on, you know, <laughs> well, habit. They, well, they they interviewed several waiters. According to one New Orleans uh, waiter, the only time I do this is if the man if if the manager is not watching, or if it's something that someone's clearly you know not taking a bite out, straight out of. See, I I am already questioning this authoritative source here, but uh, on, on this logic, all waiters are booger eaters too. Because many of them have dabbled in it earlier in their lives, between the ages of five and six. Uh, I totally believe this. I mean, if you are a waiter, and you, I mean, no, no. really, sure. if you were a waiter, uh, you're at a let's say you're at a fine restaurant, fine dining, yes, and you're surrounded by nice food, and you're just going to go buy food at this point. Okay, I mean, you just it, you have if, nice food right, around it, you, and okay. people don't finish it. Why wouldn't you? If well, for health reasons. Well, so people have the rules. So, for example, many servers follow their own personal set of rules for when it's appropriate to eat off plates and and when it's not. For instance, one server said, I once worked with a girl who would only eat off someone's plate if they looked nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, that's not going to do you any good, right? I don't care how nice you look. You can can have hepatitis C. I was trying to think of what, what... 
diseases are you really going to catch? Well, from well, well. Here, here's my question. Probably the worst thing is the common cold. That's probably the most common. That's going to be or, the worst. Or, or the flu, or something like that. Flu. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get AIDS, Mark, from eating after <laughs> no, someone. No, you're not. Okay. No. All right. So maybe syphilis. May, maybe. <laughs> if you do other things with the food. Yes. <clears throat> now here's here's my point, Mark. Is recently, uh, even a, f- a few months ago. Uh, I dug into <clears throat> what was uh, leftovers from a catering event. So you've done it too. Everyone acknowledges doing this. Well, see, the catering event came with certain. Th- this was food that th- they did not serve to the public. Okay, but it wasn't on somebody's plate. I'm talking about food that's on somebody's well, plate. Well, but some of this was on public right. plates yeah. out, you know, in in the party. Mm-hmm. But but. And Somehow people had a- people had access right. to the food. The public had access. Sure. Then it, you know, there were some leftover roast beef sandwiches. Like who knows where the food is at that point? Yeah, yeah exactly. right. I mean, someone yeah. could have taken one off the tray and been like, ah, "I don't really want this." And put right. it back. Um, so I get it, and and I I know the need to not be wasteful, right? And to eat some great food. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. So I mean, that that's the point. Uh, now I'm not going to be doing this at Wendy's. Right. If I if let's say I was a on the wait staff at Wendy's. Right. I would, you know, probably limit it to restaurants and uh, events where there's great food available. I'm not going to I'm not going to waste my my pass on the chance, you know, risk getting the cold, the common cold to eat half eaten uh, mashed potatoes. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. I got you. So is that fair? I think it is. But How do you I, think that strategy is? Well, I think that it. I think that works. I think that's probably what most servers do. Um, the article goes on to say, most waiters were unanimous when it comes to wine. That is, it al- it's always acceptable to scavenge leftover wine in a bottle. Makes oh, sense. sure, yeah. And usually acceptable to scavenge wine if it happens to be fine wine from a glass. How how does this work, Mark? Will the alcoholic content in wine kill the common cold no <laughs> will it weaken it nope ah. well it's just not strong enough alcohol you have to i mean maybe hard right, what, a, what a, you think would, would vodka do it yeah maybe something like vodka but not it's just it's just not enough alcohol per volume An- another idea yeah if you eat uh leftover food and or drink leftover wine right and then you learn that the person who who had it before you was sick with the common cold. Could you drink hard liquor at that point if you caught it soon enough and kill any of the germs in your stomach? Well, I told you this is what I did at Thanksgiving when my mom made an undercooked <laughs> turkey, and we all realized it as we ate into it, and then we went and 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 consumed gin out of the bottle, hoping that would kill any germs. I mean, we didn't get sick, so I was thinking that might have worked. <laughs> Scientific proof. I know. Right here in the wine fellers. So. We're, I, you know, we're, we're telling maybe we're telling things that shouldn't be known, but this is this is the backstory of what waiters go through. <laughs> hey, you are listening to the Winefellers on WHUP. <laughs> Flo knows is coming up next. Leave your dirt at the door. Flo knows the capital of Idaho. Flo knows who is Michelangelo. Flo knows how to play the banjo. Flo knows, Flo knows it all. Flo knows how to play the bongos. Flo knows how to find Bordeaux. 
Blow nose, thousand names for snow. Blow nose, blow nose it all. And let it flow. Hey, Flo. Welcome. Hey, Mark. Hey, Joe. It's so great to see you. I am always happy to be here. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. We'd love to have you on, and so you can impart all your knowledge bombs on us. Yeah, we've got stuff coming in from everywhere, Mark. We have so many questions. We should probably just get to it. We're, we're getting to it. Um, we have an email from Sarah, who lives in Asheville. How about that, Mark? Uh-huh. Listens to us via WPVM there in the Asheville market. She writes, I am 24 and have just started dating a French woman I found on Match.com. She seems real cool, and I don't want to mess this up. Is there anything I should know about dating French women? That's a very good question. Is there anything he should know? Yes. So there's one thing that uh, you need to be aware is that French women don't date, at least in the American way. Hmm. Wow. How's this that? is news to me. Yeah, I don't know this. Yes, it is. And it was news to me when I came to the United States. Okay. So let me tell you. Please. When you, you know, women um, in France, they go out, they go out uh, on their own uh, with, actually, I'm so sorry. Uh, they go out with their, um, with men, with friends, with coworkers. They don't... Um, need um, to, you know, they don't need to explain, you know, they just are very independent and they like to go out and and have a drink or just a meal with a, um, with a, with a man. And, um, and so that doesn't mean I want you. That mm. means I appreciate you as a friend and that's it. Okay. Now, an American guy may think she's, you know, in a date, you know, that he's, you know, is means that she's interested in him. But that's does that's not what it means. It means, you know, I appreciate you as a friend oh. and maybe she's interested in him, but it's not necessarily mm. uh, what she has in mind. So when you basically want a relationship with a French woman, Okay. Okay. Uh, you will be, um, uh, and you want to kiss uh, a woman. Sure. You better be careful because that means she wants exclusivity. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. This so is news to me. Yeah, that's a really interesting. How did you said this occurred to you when you first came to the United States? Were you of dating age when you came here and experienced this firsthand? Yes, in fact, I was a, um, uh, I came as an exchange student. So I went to Portland State University and uh, I remember um, the first time I met my husband-to-be. Of mm-hmm. course, I didn't know at that time. Um, I uh, I had a very nice evening. Nothing happened, no romance. We just had a wonderful time. And um, um, and then the second day, uh, not the sec- not right away, but um, when I met him again, we had a wonderful evening, and uh, I really started to like you know to like him a lot. And I remember 
uh, when I uh, went back home, I was living with, uh, with a French woman and two guys from uh, California. And one guy said um, to me, are you his date or are you his girlfriend? And to me, I was completely taken aback. I said, I just don't understand the difference. Mm-hmm. And so he said to me, well, if you, if you is date, that means you don't have exclusivity. He can go out mm. with other women. Now, if it's his girlfriend, if you're his girlfriend, then he will, you know, kiss you on your lips when he comes and pick you up. I was astound. I really <laughs> did not, I really did not, uh, to me, I was not ready for it. And I remember being uh, worried because I really liked him very much. And I didn't want to be just a date. So, so what happened? Well, he, when he picked me up, mm-hmm. I came uh, up to him, I opened the door, and the first thing he did, he kissed me oh, well, on my lips. Lucky for him. All right. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's good for all our listeners out there, you know, so you know what to do. That that one wrapped up nicely there, Mark. That was very nice. Wow. So we've well, been getting crazy questions. Uh, we have another question. <clears throat> we have another one here. Second question on Facebook. Yeah. You want to give this one a go, Mark? Sure. This is from Jerry Duger from Facebook. Uh, here we go. Let me look at this question. My girlfriend broke up with me because I burned a fruit fly with a magnifying glass. Good Lord. And she thinks I'm a monster. How can I convince her that she is wrong and that there is nothing wrong with killing a fruit fly with a magnifying glass? That's an interesting question. It is a very interesting question. Well, um, the thing is, uh, he needs to be sensitive to her feelings. I mean, if it's his girlfriend, is that right? Or um, someone he's dating? or Well, yes, his girlfriend. Uh-huh. His uh-huh. girlfriend. So if he really wants to pursue a relationship with her, he really better be sensitive to how she feels. And if she doesn't like uh, him to kill animals or insects in front of her, <laughs> then maybe he should be careful now. If uh, he thinks it's ridiculous, uh, then he should just, you know, say, well. So you're saying that he should kill insects behind her back? No, I didn't <laughs> oh, say Mark. that. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. That. What are we saying? <laughs> Look, Mark, this is, uh, Flo, this is not about <clears throat> killing a uh, fruit fly. It's about his girlfriend's feelings. On acknowledging, ah, acknowledging her feelings. That's yes. right. That's that's what it is. So acknowledging her feelings about him, you you understand what he's doing, I guess. He has a magnifying glass. You know, if you put an, over an animal, it gets. That's it, right. Yeah, I'm it's, sure they have magnifying cruel. glasses it is, in France. It's Do quite, they? It's cruel. Well, yes. They if have you magnifying want glasses in France. Well, yeah, if they you invented want a magnifying, the magnifying glass, glass. Then you want to burn the poor thing. Is that right? Uh, so this right. is cruel. That's cruel. If you want to kill a fly because it's bothering you, then you 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 know you know you kill it instantaneously. It. But you don't. You're not going to make it suffer. So kill it with a uh, fly swatter, not a magnifying. glass. Oh, you know that would be funny. A fruit fly swatter <laughs> that would have the tiniest holes in right. it. Well, think of how small a fruit fly is. They're, they're regular size flies. No, they are not. Fruit flies are those tiny little things that buzz around your fruit when it starts to rot in your house. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and look, I'm actually impressed 
that he was able to kill a fruit fly with a magnifying glass. There's given so much, how small there's probably they are. more we need to know about this situation. Uh, yeah, I want to know the make and model of magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah. The genus of the fruit fly. But and, and and I want to know, because uh, th- th- I don't believe this question mark. Well, at any rate, I mean, Jerry Duger, <laughs> we, you know, we appreciate your question. We're going to hopefully we answered it. Let us know. Give us a follow up if, if we think that we've helped you. And if we if we if we need to uh, uh, ask a follow up question on your behalf next time, we will. Yeah, we will. We'll be reaching out to Jerry Duger on Facebook. Third question. Yeah. All right. We got another email here, Mark. I am 17. And still haven't had. Why do I get these? <laughs> why do I get these? All I right. know. I'm just reading this Gee now. Gee whiz. <sighs> I am 17 and if, and still haven't had my first period. Hmm. He's not talking about class either, Mark. I don't think so. My hmm. sister had hers when she was 14. What can I do? Sincerely. Oh, please. Tom. Tom. <laughs> probably short for Tamantha or something. It's Tom. <laughs> All right. So anyway, look, ignore the, ign- it's it's probably a, you know, tomboy sort of nickname. All right, look. <laughs> Just so I can why right, why well, do I get these, Mark? All right, so why, here's the question. Now I'm on radio oh, I saying get, I, get I haven't had my first period. Okay, That's going to go viral and they're going to the make dolls. Weinfeller's dolls where I you pull the string and it's and it says I haven't had my first okay. period. Okay. You get you get the question, Flo. It said, um, this is live radio. What can you do? I'm 17, <laughs> haven't had my first period. My sister had hers when she was 14. What can I do, Tom? Well, he's, uh, he's obviously a little bit lost. He's, he? he's lost. And maybe he was um, raised by his mother um, um, as a, a little girl. Maybe. I hadn't actually considered that. I don't know. but that. Yeah. No, but, but run with that. Yes, we'll run with that one. Yeah, and so he's uh, um, confused, and uh, and I think he just needs to have a serial talk, maybe with his father. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, I think there's probably a lot about this we don't know. I, I can imagine that talk with his dad. <laughs> dad, when did you get your first period? <laughs> All right. Well, so you know. I mean, can you imagine if your son came up and asked you that? The just you would have to really reevaluate. The uh, <laughs> look, I think this actually, Joe, is sort of a reflection of who listens to our show. So <laughs> we have to kind of embrace our fans. <laughs> oh, I love it. We love our fans. I, I love it. <laughs> no matter how misguided they may be. No, now that that doesn't work. Yes, you can't say we how, love them. And th- how how no matter how guided they are. <laughs> so, but thank you, Flo. I think you answered that question very nicely. But will you join us during the next segment? Because I think I think this will be uh, relevant for you as well. Absolutely, I'll thank- be delighted. Oh, good. Thank you, Flo. You are listening to the Wine Fellers on WHUP. Mother's Day is coming up next. Thank you. 
Virtuoso on the voice there. Oh, well, Just, don't I know it. Uh, hey, look. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about this segment. I know, I know. Uh, Mark, over the years, uh, we've given the world enough reasons to loathe the Weinfellers. Probably. You'd agree, right? Yes. But I, uh, I ha- have to admit that I have sunk to a new low, Mark. Oh, uh, <laughs> have you? Uh, in the 
And, and in the, the process of doing so, I've given the world probably the greatest reason ever for uh, hating at least half of us. Okay. Uh, or me, is uh, what I'm trying to say here. Boy, I don't know where he's going. But yeah. Uh, um, this Mother's Day, I, I announce here, uh, I give to the world the greatest reason of all to turn off the radio right now. What's that? To stop listening to the Weinfellers forever. It is. With great sadness, shame, <laughs> just so much shame, and remorse that I tell you and all of our listeners that I forgot to call my mom on Mother's Day. Oh. Now, <laughs> let, let, just, just let that sink in for a moment. Well, all right. I'm sure we've all done this. Oh, no, Mark. No. Um, no. I'm sorry, Joe. Uh, now. I did wake up this morning in a panic. Yeah, um, figured it out. Huh? At, at four thirty, yeah. I woke up from my sleep and with called this, her at four thirty <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> I did. Mom, I did. sorry to wake it you up. It went to yeah. Oh boy, just talking about in, insult to injury, right? Technically, it's so, the night before. <laughs> it's, it's still nighttime. Uh, I did. Uh, I did talk with her today. Uh, this is after I left her a voicemail at 4:30. Mm. Uh, try and I I wanted to line up an on-air apology, but she was busy being the wonderful mother she is, giving piano lessons. Oh. Right? <laughs> I mean, how uh, just uh, breaks my heart, Mark. So I'm gonna say it again so she can hear yeah, it when she listens to the show apology, later. Sure. Uh, Mom, my most wonderful mother. Yes. Happy Mother's Day, and I love you. Oh, that's very nice. Can't, I'm sure you had some excuse. I mean, there's a reason. I mean, you know, there was um, <laughs> you were handcuffed to a chair. Well, uh, that that would probably not even be a good enough reason, okay. Mark. Okay, yeah. Um, no, you know, the, the uh, and I'm not going to give any reasons. Right. right. You know, I forgot, and I accept that. Now, uh, what was I doing yesterday, right? Yeah. Um, I was cooking and cleaning and doing all the things uh, for the mother of my children. Right. right? I mean, my you wife. were doing stuff, just not for your mom. Uh, and it was just a horrible, uh, short-sighted uh, thing that, that happened, Mark. Well, um, yes. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I'm sure she understands. She gets it. And uh, if you're listening right now or if you're <laughs> listening later, uh, I'm sure next year will be a super special. Well, let's day. not build it up, Mark. It will I be mean, a Mother's Day. It w- <laughs> 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 so um, had I been a good son yes. and remembered to celebrate Mother's Day mm-hmm. with my mom, the uh, the gifts yes. to choose from uh, are nearly limitless. Right. Okay. Uh, which got me thinking, what would the best Mother's Day gift be, considering my situation, <laughs> Okay. for next year? Um, so I did a lot of research oh, good. on this. Mostly motivated by the crushing guilt, Mark, that comes with forgetting to call your own mother. Guilt's a fine motivator. On Mother's it. Day. But I want to hear this. And what I found is going to surprise you. Okay. I looked at gifts from around the world. Mm. I wanted to leave no stone unturned. Okay. Now, in nearly all cultures, I found two common gifts, flowers and food. So Mother's Day is not just in America, you're saying? It's everywhere. It was different kind of days around the world. I always thought it was like a Hallmark holiday. I didn't think it was like... I thought it was like an American invention, but you're saying it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I, I mean, I'm doubt it's in France. <laughs> well, I'm... 
actually, we're going to find out. Okay. So flowers and food, I wanted to leave off the list because mm-hmm. that seems to be just a common denominator. Something right. that's just way too common for my mom. What's more specific to cultures? Exactly. So uh, these, um, these are great. Uh, I wanted to do something special. Um, okay. In the process of discovering these other special items, uh, I also learned how mothers are perceived perhaps somewhat differently around the globe. Okay. So I started here at home. All right. The good old U.S. of A. Okay? And um, I found some surprising things on this list, top list, of items you'd give your mom. Let's hear them. All right. So I'm going to read these off, but it's going to sound odd because from this list, it would seem that mothers in the United States are rarely... uh, aware <laughs> okay um of time okay that they're constantly losing or misplacing their small handheld items and that they frequently take naps and day spas okay <laughs> because the top items were watches bed sheets sleep kits slippers <laughs> bath and body soaps yeah. and then uh items for finding your lost keys and purses Interesting. I don't really. Well, you know, so I get no. I mean, I've never given my mom a watch. I mean, for her for Mother's Day, that's that surprises me a bit. Uh, uh, bed sheets is another weird one. Flo, have you ever gotten bed sheets for Mother's Day? No, and I really would not <laughs> like have uh, bed sheet for my uh, no. You don't want for my special day. Your here's teen- something you know, else to wash. You don't think your so if your teenage sons gave you bed sheets, that wouldn't be surprising. That you don't think that's great for you? No, absolutely not. Okay, what if they gave you slippers? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, what is a sleep kit? I don't really know what that is. <laughs> All right. From what I found, yes, it's uh, items that assist in the act of sleeping, such as sleep masks. Ooh. Okay. Sleep stockings. Nice. Oh What's a gosh. sleep stocking? <laughs> I think you put it on your legs to reduce blood flow. Is oh. it supposed to remind us uh, remind us that we are getting older? See, I I um I didn't I I read these and I'm like I don't know any mothers that would want these things. What did you get, Flo? What I you know, I have uh, two teenagers at right. home, two so they're sons. very self-absorbed right now. Oh, okay. But there's one thing that they used to do when they were a little bit younger. Okay. Actually, even until last year or two years ago, they wrote a beautiful um, poem letter. Letter. Just oh, a letter, nice. a letter of appreciation. Wait a second, they spent no money. I don't know. See, this it's, this is the greatest gift of all. Yeah, to me, this is what it is. Yes, the best sure. gift because it's something that you can keep for the rest of your life. It doesn't take much much space in right. your drawer. And guess what? In twenty years, when I w- will reopen, you know, this letter, yeah. It's the it gift. will uh, joy, it's the gift joy that keeps on or maybe laugh sure. because it's quite funny sometimes what they <laughs> what they wrote. Um, just to, to me means a lot. If I want, if I want something, I buy it myself. But so you're talking about other cultures too. Well, so I'm sure yeah, in France, see, you, you can see we, the the best 
things in life are free, Mark, in mm. many cases. Yes. Now, don't, don't tell that to the dark underbelly of the <laughs> bedsheets conglomerate association of America. Okay. I mean, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're they're they're, the they want their cut of uh, Mother's Day as well. All right. Now, now if, if the, the gifts, top gifts in the USA uh, have got you upset, I found peace when reading the top gifts uh, that uh, in other countries in in Russia, okay. for example. Okay, now uh, <laughs> this depicts t- uh, more of a a woman's woman here. Okay, all right. We're talking three top gifts: nesting dolls, uh. winter scarves, and hatchets. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, hatchets. <laughs> now the hatchets uh, made me pause. I had to figure out. Why this was, and right. luckily they. This is a real story behind okay. the hatchets. The hatchets. It's more of a symbolic hatchet. Okay, they 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 make them in little uh, miniatures, or you can get them on your uh, necklaces or on T-shirts or little plastic ones. But it uh, is modeled after the hatchet used by 56-year-old great grandmother, um, Ashot Makasudova in 2012, who used the weapon to dispatch a lone wolf, this is a true story, who was threatening her flock of sheep, which then attached uh, her, uh, attacked her as she attempted to scare it away. Miss Maxudova explained she wanted to throttle the wolf to death, but was forced to reach for her ax when she could not pry the animal's jaws off of her thigh. <laughs> Luckily for us, she was uh, forced to use the axe, uh, and now we have this delightful Mother's Day gift of an axe as opposed to a uh, bronze set of her hands she used to throttle it. Well, that's, I mean, I guess that's touching. I mean, she's a very, you know, strong woman, and it's a nice uh, reminder of a mother. I like that. Okay. Uh, Flo, how does uh, getting a, uh, a hatchet, a sound, hatchet sound? Um, well, it's not something that I will expect. I will be very surprised. Um, I will be uh, appreciative because the person who gave me the gift, uh, you know, thought of protecting me by, you know, giving me uh, a weapon. But is it is it just something that <laughs> right. you put on your, you know, uh, I think you can buy like r- a pin or well, a flow is my mom. I would give her a uh, an Eiffel Tower paperweight. Oh yeah, <laughs> great. I th- I think that that the um, it, it, this sentiment here is kind of like if you uh, gave your mom a postie of Rosie, a poster of Rosie the Riveter. Okay, right. It's just showing kind of women empowerment, hmm. strength. So I thought I thought that was nice. Okay. Now um, I moved on to Afghanistan. Mark. Okay. Uh, which uh, does actually celebrate Mother's Day. Interesting. Uh, just like many other countries. And uh, I was really surprised. So it's not, again, flowers and food are a big thing in all of these countries. Sure. But added to the list for Afghanistan was assorted vegetable seed packets mm, nice. and saffron. Now, saffron everything, like cooking saffron, saff- tea, like saffron mm. tea, um, Saffron candles. That's nice. So I thought that was uh, I like kind it. of interesting. Okay. Um, 
the assorted seed packets yes. caught my attention. No, I mean, I think that's a really nice thing. I mean, you know, it symbolizes growth. It symbolizes um, uh, rebirth. Um, it symbolizes um, maternal caring. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think it's I think it's the perfect gift that gives ungiving. So I think uh, it's a, I mean, um, I don't. It would seem like a good gift for you, Flo, would be um, seeds. <laughs> so, well, if it's useful, yeah, I like to garden. Um. Well, well, in Afghanistan, it it was interesting because they um, they're trying to encourage home gardening in oh, many regions. I think they should, you know. And I thought that was really really interesting. That's well, nice. <laughs> Mark is completely enthralled with this. <laughs> no, no, I think I think that's good. I think uh, that's good to know when I visit uh, Afghanistan, and it's around Mother's Day. And uh, know what to give. <laughs> give his gifts. All right, look. Japan, so they call Mother's Day Ha Ha Nohi hmm. in Japan. And they give, I included flowers because in Japan they give a red carnation Sweet. to every mother. That's nice. Handkerchiefs, scarves, handbags, wallets. Uh. Now, Flo, I need to ask you, out of all of these lists of gifts from around the world, what do you think is going to win me the most... Uh, uh, love for my mother, forgiveness from my mother next year. What can he give his mother? To make up for the fact I forgot to call her this year. I, um, you know, I would say write her a beautiful letter. Yeah, a nice letter would be nice. I mean, yes, take, I'm telling you, it really lot, means a lot. And you know why? What it means, it's not about money, it's about the time you spent on that letter, thinking how much you love her and how you, uh, you're able to express yeah. it on paper. It's like the time you spent on of Amazon or the time you spent <laughs> on, uh, well, so I gave my mom, as I gave her uh, chocolate-covered strawberries. Okay. Nice. And I ordered them from uh, some company, I can't remember the name. <laughs> uh, oh, great. Well, well, I can't remember the name, but it's you know, some company that you order and then, they, and, they get, and then they send it. And so I ordered it and... Uh, and I think I ordered uh, a couple dozen, and they're really expensive. I mean, really, chocolate-covered <laughs> strawberries, to have them delivered to your mom on Mother's Day is very expensive. So I ordered a couple dozen, and I had them in my cart, and then I had to go back to my cart, and then oh. I ordered a dozen. But that was still you really— You remove some from your cart. It was really cart. expensive, mm. but I ended up with six. But, it, but, I think, <laughs> but I, you know, still, it's the, it's the thought, because I think, you know— oh. <laughs> But she likes that. Took a lot of time. Well, she, it, there was the adding to the cart, then the removing from the cart. It's, it's about the time involved of making the gift you're giving to your mom. I think that's what Flo is telling us. Yeah, I just um, <laughs> it's not quite the same. But if you think so, but I'm sure she knows how much you love her. Right now, I couldn't. Obviously, I wasn't going to give her less than six because then my coupon didn't work. Yeah. Oh boy! <laughs> good, good for ordering six or more. Uh, who eats only six chocolate-covered strawberries? I don't know. Oh, Mark, <laughs> they're uh, nice. I mean, they literally look uh, good. I mean, they were they were like they were chocolate. They were chocolate poured over strawberries. And I think the strawberries were on a stick, and then the the six sticks were in a like a vase. It was nice. <laughs> it was it was nice. <laughs> So, um, you know, so if you need uh, any ideas, Joe, for, uh, for, you know, for next Mother's Day, I think I just I just will trying to help you out. Well, already the time I've spent researching this stuff should probably count. 
Yeah. In fact, I'm probably done for next year. At you're this pretty point. much done. <laughs> You've done research on how different cultures do it, and you know you know how your your oh your your feller does uh, uh, Mother's Day. So I think it's it, it's all good. Hey, Flo, <laughs> thanks again for joining us this week. Thank you, Flo. And uh, please come on our show again. Always have a blast. Thank you for inviting me. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines. Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye. Cause I sang songs, spun stories, love, laughed and drank wine. Tomorrow is another day. The cats are out to play, to play. That old rusty spaceship wants to sail into the Milky Way again on a river of red, red wine. Run, 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 run. Sun, 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 sun,